everyone. Welcome to HubShots episode 292. In this episode, we look at a system to merge contacts in HubSpot, the new SEO tool, turning off annoying notifications, and how to automate emails in deal stages with some tasks. So Craig, let's jump into it. What is our growth thought of the week? This was a nice anecdote my wife shared with me. It's got nothing to do with marketing or HubSpot, I'll just warn you, but we're coming into that time of the year when it's craziness. But she was telling me about a book she read where the author was telling the story of his trip on a train through some remote African villages. And this one particular time it was going through a village and he noticed all the women, most of the mothers coming out with their kids, they're all looking at this train going past, a little bit of a novelty. And he said they were just looking blankly at the train. And he actually described them as looking dead in the face. And so he's like, oh, I wonder what's going on. And then he realized, he had the realization that that's exactly how he must look to them as well. And so he started smiling and waving and they all responded, waving and smiling as well. And so it's a very simple little story. I I don't know if it's true. It sounds kind of allegorical, but anyway, I'm going to take it at face value and assume it's true. His point was this, that we often underestimate the impact we can make in the smallest of ways. And so we're not just observers, we're just not observing the world around it. We actually impact and what you put out there can get reflected back and you can receive as well. I found that helpful just to me. It kind of struck me just in Christmas because I've just been in stores lately and seeing people getting irate and frustrated about things and taking it out on shop staff or bus drivers or, you know, just people that don't deserve it and are just doing their part. And so... What I thought was interesting about this is that I'm sure these people that are getting angry at staff and things like that, that in their own jobs or in their, they're not like that. Most people I think are good people. I think I'm a good person most of the time. I think, yeah, I'm probably not at your standard, Ian. Um, I aspire to be (laughs) like you sometimes. You know, most people want to be good, but this is just a reminder, be good because little things have impact that flow on. And so that's my growth thought of the week. It's not about marketing growth. It's not about HubSpot growth. It's about personal growth. I thought it was appropriate this time of year. It just struck me and maybe that's helpful to our viewers as well. Fantastic. A very good reminder. And some quick shots of the week we have is recommended playbooks are based on contact or ticket property values. So a really great way to surface a playbook if you are at a particular stage. So uh, one that we have implemented recently was, let's say a lead gets to the stage where they're an opp- a sales qualified lead, you can surface a playbook to actually make sure that they fill in the right playbook. So that's a great feature. Automatic associations on inbound calls are now rolling out. It means you don't have to manually associate them, which is fantastic. You can integrate WhatsApp now as a channel in your conversations inbox. So you need to have a WhatsApp business account. So you need to register for that. And then you can put that into your conversations inbox. And last viewed column on dashboard and reports. And we'll talk about more of this in shot seven. On to our HubSpot marketing feature of the week, Craig. This week, we're talking about merging duplicates in HubSpot. And we get this question, can you merge duplicate contacts? The answer is yes. Is it easy? The answer is yes. So should I merge them? The answer is it depends. Craig, before you go on... This merging mm. duplicate contacts feature is actually a professional and upwards feature. Is that I think right? it is. I don't think it's available oh. on Starter or Free. So just be aware of that, listeners. 
Okay. But it is so Good. worth it. So I recommend having a look. And what we're going to talk about is really about cleanliness of contacts and making sure our data is clean so we can make better choices. Carry on, Craig. All right. Good catch on that, Ian, because we're actually going to looking looking at the mass duplicate deduplication piece, which, yeah, you might be right, is in pro. Well, I think individually you can merge contacts maybe in starter and free even. Is there merge available in those? No. Actually, while you're talking, I'm going to go check. <laughs> okay. So thanks for checking that. And, uh, yeah, if you're pro above, you'll get this. So the question, though, that I really want to focus on today is should I merge contacts? Because you might think, yeah, of course we should. Of course we should merge contacts. Well, I want to give you some things to think about. We've touched on this before on the show, but quickly let's jump into it. How do you get to the merge duplicates tool? Okay, here you are, you're in contacts, and then over on the actions menu, click that manage duplicates. You will then get a screen that looks something like this. You can. This is from our portal. You can see we've got almost 2,000 contacts to be that HubSpot has identified as duplicates. And so then you can say, right, I'll go through each of them and which would you like. So it'll pop up something like this. Here's a good example. It's found these two contacts. You can see very easily one of them's a typo on gmail.com. They mistyped it. So should you merge them? Yep, merge that into the correct email address. You can do that. And then uh, you might select on some various properties. You might actually add create date. This is a tip you gave me, Ian. I've added into the show notes. And then you can merge a few others. So there's create date appearing now. So you can actually see that the one on the right, the proper email actually was created later. So this poor person created this original one with an incorrect email, probably getting nothing. Anyway, so we found it. Thanks, HubSpot. We can merge them. There's three kinds of duplicates that we typically come across. One is that one I just showed you, typos. Should you always merge those? Yeah, definitely merge those. The second is what about someone that's signed up at different times with, it's a personal email, but just maybe they've used a new one. They've got Hotmail now. They've got a Gmail address. What should you do? Should you merge those? Well, probably, which one should you use as the main one? Well, probably the most recent one or the most activity, et cetera. The third case is the one I want to talk about, which is contacts who have signed up with both a personal and a business email address. We actually find this happening a fair bit. And so then conventional wisdom is, look, merge them into the business email. That's the general advice you'll hear people recommending. I'm going to say, don't do that. We usually don't do that. In fact, we don't merge them. And I'm going to talk about why. Three main reasons. The first is, if you've got personal and business, you've got two locations that you can reach them. And typically those locations, and I think we discussed this recently on the show, different devices maybe, different times, they're checking personal on weekends at home on their mobile, whereas business might be at work on a laptop. So you can reach them in two different places. If they don't want to get an email from you in both places, sure, they can unsubscribe, that's in their control. Also worth noting that they might have actually signed up to different things with each email, something, oh, that's good for my personal email, but this one's business. So you can't automatically assume that they're getting the same emails. But for our example, let's assume they are. Let's move on. Second reason why I'd keep them both of them, rather than emerging them, is because business emails often churn, people switching roles more rapidly these days. And so you'll probably lose the business email address first. And so at least if they change jobs, you can still get them on the personal email. And then third, which is often not really appreciated, is that you can create ad audiences targeting different platforms. 
people tend to sign up on Facebook using a personal email and they might be more inclined to sign up on LinkedIn, for example, with a business address. So if you're trying to target them with ad audiences that you sync up to the platforms, if you've only got one of their emails, then you'll only be targeting one platform. Whereas if you've got both, you could be reaching them on both platforms. So that's a quick overview of how to merge, but also when to merge. I hope that's useful. We've got a whole video on the YouTube channel. Uh, it's one of our quick shock videos. You can actually look at it. We go into this in a bit more depth and walk through a whole bunch of examples as well on the screen. So check that out. And in the background, did you find out what? Yes, I did, Craig. So free starter, there's no merge duplicate tool. If you're on professional and up, there is the merging duplicates, but you need to actually, if you want to merge contacts, not one at a time, but multiples, you need operations hub professional to do that. Right. In our case, we do it individually. We just go through and we do, look, we just do a few here and there. And that's why we've got 2000 still to go through. I mean, it's not a high priority for us, but we do go through and yeah, just choose a few to do. Listeners, just so you know, one of the things, because we've highlighted this a few times, is that we are now telling a lot of people that we work with on a weekly basis, get someone on the team or just even um, contact owners who are using HubSpot, especially in sales, to go through the list and because they'll generally recognize people that are inside HubSpot so they can see, oh, okay, I know that person. Let me just go and fix that up. So it's a really good way to make sure that this is being constantly worked on and have somebody ultimately responsible for it, like the CRM manager, which is a great place to start. Yeah. And you know what, by the way, this is a bit of a do as I say, not as I do uh, situation, because if we were doing a quick check for a client and we saw 2000 contact duplicates, I'd be going, oh, that's a bit of a problem. So don't mistake me highlighting 2000 in our portal as a good thing. It's a bad thing. So I'm just, we're, we're just upfront about the fact that we're not perfect as well. So yeah. Craig, you need to get operations hub professional. I think you're right, Ian. All right, on to our HubSpot sales pitch of the week. And this is to do with automated feedback from contacts. So it's actually initiating contact feedback on deals that have no activity. So in this example, it's a customer of ours where they're at a decision stage of making a purchase. So essentially they've done all the work. They've got, they've got the price, the products there. What we do here is we had a lot of people getting stuck in here and a lot of manual follow-up happening. So what we did was we automated that. And what we essentially did was we said that we want to do when they get into this particular stage where they're making a, a decision, we want to send them an email. Now in that email, you will see there are two things that we get them to do. So we, we reiterate the value proposition in there about taking away the risk because there's a hundred percent money, money back guarantee. You can return it within 30 days. But here's the two things that we want someone to do. We want them either to opt out. So they've just, they've decided not to go ahead with the purchase or they are no longer interested. So we want them, we want to get them out of the system or we want to mark them as not having to be contacted again. The next one, it says, I'm still interested, but I need more time, right? So generally we find people get stuck because they're waiting for something. So when you click that link, it actually goes to a form and the form asks you a question. There are two questions on there. So Craig, if you just scroll down, you'll see what that says. It says, I need more information or I need more time. Now in the, I need more time. We have a subsequent question that comes up that says, you know, what's reasonable? One month, 
three months, I think, and six months. So what we then do is, or two, or sorry, one, two, and three months we have. Then what we do is we go through and then set, uh, have a call another workflow to set a task at those interval periods mm. so the contact owner can contact them. So it's quite simple, you know, the contact enrollment. And then the workflow basically puts the task into the contact owner's queue at the appropriate time. Now, you'll probably be asking me, why do we not put the task in immediately? And I'll tell you why. A, it seems to clog up people's task queues and they think I've got to do this, even though it's got a later date on it. The second thing is when you're setting a task in a workflow, you can set it at a particular date, but you can't say I want it 30 days from now and set it as the as the date. So you can choose a date, but you can't actually set a date in the future based on that. So what we do is it when it goes into the branching, it basically waits there until that time and then goes and creates the task. And that's the reason we do it. I love this. That's a great little recipe. Sales, deal, automation, recipe right there. Love it. Oh, and I forgot to tell you, Craig, the flip side of this is you need to make sure that your pipeline's clean. So in a few instances, people have bought stuff. People on the team have forgotten to move the deal into the closed one. And we, they get responses like, hey, I bought something like two, two weeks ago. Why am I getting this email? So it really puts the onus. There's a bit of onus on both sides is to keep your deal pipeline clean and see what's going on. I, I think that's a good point to highlight because people want automation. You say, oh, do you want us to automate things? Oh, yeah, of course. So then you automate it. Oh, I forgot to do something and it automate, automatically did something. Can we stop it doing that? I was like, no. That's the whole point of automation. So what you're highlighting there is a really good reminder. If you want automation, yeah, good. That's great. But make sure you've got the process and discipline to follow up so that automation doesn't actually make you look inept. <laughs> so, which is what you're highlighting there. Automation needs to be a good thing. All right. What's our HubSpot SEO feature of the week, Craig? Yeah. Have you seen this analyze tool in the SEO yes, tool? Yes, we went through yeah. it together. Remember? Yeah, yeah. So I was looking at this. I, I think I set this up a little. When did we set this up, Ian? A couple, a weeks, couple ago? of weeks ago. I, I think it's been there. Yeah. yeah. We've been wanting to chat about it for a little while. So yeah, what it does, first thing about this, just I know it's kind of obvious when I tell you this, but people do fall into the trap. This is based on your organic traffic. It connects with Google Search Console which is only organic performance. So what you'll get is once you've connected it up, you'll get a little analyze tab like this. This is it for HubShots. I'm looking at essentially Google Search Console data for the last three months that's come in. And here you can see. So I'm being pretty upfront about showing you our data here because it's not particularly impressive. But what's good about this is that Actually, let me just scroll down. If you've got the show notes, you'll see this. Or if you're watching this on our YouTube channel, you'll be seeing all of this. But shows you impressions and clicks and your average position and then click-through rate. And you might think, oh, okay, what do I do with this? How do I use this? Straight away, you can see, well, when I look at this, what's the main problem I see? I see that we're getting a ton of impressions. That's great. Hardly any clicks. So this to me says, one, you've got a big problem. You're not ranking well for the terms, but two, you've got a you've got an enormous opportunity. And here I've highlighted, yeah, look at the positions. It's down on page five and, and above. So no wonder. But we're still getting a ton of impressions, but we're just not getting the clicks through. It's a big opportunity here. So incidentally, in case you're wondering where do we get most of our traffic, it's mostly from direct sources like YouTube or social or things or email actually, not organic. So we've got a lot of potential here. 
here's what else you can do on the tool. You can actually click one of these pages and then drill into it and it'll show you the queries that you're ranking for. So I've just picked our homepage on the HubShots. Uh, you can see uh, the second one. Yeah, we rank for our brand term, which is, well, thank goodness we rank for a brand term, Ian. <laughs> be pretty, pretty sad state of affairs if we didn't even rank for our brand term. But look, even the HubSpot podcast, which I kind of feel we should rank better than that, we're at position 12. So we're on page two, I'm pretty sure. Uh, well, first of all, I don't think people think in pages anymore, especially on mobile. Mm. So, but uh, it's kind of a fair way down the page, the position, and uh, we're getting a bunch of impressions and hardly any clicks. So HubSpot podcast, that's a term we really want to get more traffic for. So there's an opportunity for us, Ian. How will we rank more or higher for it? Well, we would have a look at this. We'd say, is it possible? I know HubSpot's got their whole podcast network. That's probably crowding us right out. So going to be challenging. But straight away, you can kind of see, oh, here's some things we could be looking at. So summary of all of this so far, it's a really good tool, how to use it. You look at it and you consider your specific case and you go, okay, and this is what I'd do. I'd say, what do we get a lot of impressions for, but our average ranking is pretty low? Look at those pages and then look at the terms and see if we can optimize. Now, in our particular case, I'll give you one little tactic that we're going to start doing. Because we have episodes that cover a lot of topics, it's very hard for one of our episode pages, blog posts, to kind of rank for big terms. So what will we do? We'll probably create pillar pages around very specific topics that then might link off to particular episodes or pull from the episodes, but will be a lot more focused on pages on the site. So there you go. I think it's a really nice tool, especially if you don't like diving into Google Search Console at sign You can just pull it in here, get some quick insights straight away in HubSpot. So some good insights there, Craig. And I think from what I can tell, and it's something that we probably felt all along is, like you said, we have a bunch of things and if we make it more specific, the greater our chances of ranking. So I think this applies to all businesses. We see this across the board. And I think the more laser focused you are, the better the result. And I think that's what we're, the way we've got to be thinking about it. All right. On to our HubSpot notification gotcha of the week, Craig, and how to turn off annoying notifications. So have you been part of a portal, Ian, and then suddenly you get these new unassigned live chat conversation notifications? All the time, And you're like, Craig. where did these come from? Where did this start from? You know, why, why am I suddenly getting this? Well, it's actually worse than that because every user in your HubSpot portal is also getting them. Correct. Here's why. It's because someone has connected a new conversation channel so maybe they've created a new inbox or they're getting um, a new bot in place or maybe, you know, Facebook Messenger. They've created conversations inbox, but they haven't set automation to automatically assign it to someone. So that comes in as unassigned. Kind of bizarrely, I guess I can understand why, but if you go into your notifications, by default, your notifications, your personal notifications have these two options ticked by default. I think for most people, I think, I think, I think this is right. the default. Yeah. So any unassigned chat conversation, everyone gets notified in the company, or not in the company, but anyone that's a user in HubSpot gets notified of it. And it's like, what? So that's why it's a bit of a gotcha. It'd be nice if for the portal wide, you could go in and say, by default, people don't get these. You might say, oh, well, really, we should just be automatically assigning every conversation. Yeah, that's probably right. That's the ideal state to get to. But sometimes, you know, you don't get it initially. But that's why it's a bit of a gotcha. That's how to 
turn it off. You can also, I think a lot of people don't realize, see this at the bottom of the email, it says you can change it in your notification preferences. People somehow don't see that. They're so annoyed by the email that they don't see what's underneath it and it can easily be turned off. But if you want to preemptively get ahead of that, jump into your profile preferences, go to notifications, scroll down to chat and untick those ones and you're good to go. And thanks to Tara for reminding me of this uh, as a gotcha. It's one of the things we now actually, it's part of our onboarding ignition for clients. We go in and get them to set up all their notifications, untick a bunch of things. Craig, quick question. Hmm. Do you think that that's related to if if they haven't actually set up who's of who can access a particular inbox that they would be getting notifications like that, or is it just site wide? I'm just having a think of a customer that we both a customer that we both look after, and I don't recall seeing those notifications. Yeah, look, we've had this where people just set up a conversation in the inbox. Everyone's got access to it, and so yeah, certainly they're starting to get notifications. But certainly, oh, and also, especially if you're a super admin, you'll get them because every new client that we will go, I mean, we stopped doing this probably, turned these all off um, as part of our initial onboarding earlier in the year. But we used to, every new portal we'd go into, suddenly I'm getting all these messages. So I think probably because I'm super admin, a lot of companies had a bunch of super admins. So yeah, maybe that's to do with permissions, as you say. All right. On to our... Dashboard tip of the week. Yeah. Have you seen this new column they've added to dashboards? No, I haven't. Last, I think it's rolled out. I don't think it's a beta. I think it's rolled out to everyone. Uh, yeah, it's very handy because on your dashboards, you can see that last viewed column. And from that, you can make some maintenance decisions. Oh, if it hasn't been viewed for years, oh, no one's using it. Great. Let's get rid of it. Why is that handy? Well, because people are running out of dashboards. There's limits to how many dashboards you can create. And they're like, oh, we've got to go through and clean some out. Um, which ones will we clean out? Oh, here's an easy way. Just sort by last viewed and now the work's done for you. You can see, I was actually pleasantly surprised in our portal, most of ours, we've, we've only got a few. How many have we got? Less than 50 um, dashboards. Most of them are actually getting used pretty regularly. The ones that weren't, you know, by people no longer in, in the portal. So yeah, very handy. Uh, we've got some big clients where they're just so many dashboards, they're hitting limits. They're like, oh, this is a big hassle. So very handy little feature there. All right. Listener question of the week, Craig. Oh, thanks to Patrice for uh, sending this one in. He had a question on how you can set the domain that email links in HubSpot use. So, for example, if you get our show notes, make sure you sign up at hubshots.com slash subscribe if you don't get our show notes every week. You'll notice any of the links in there use this ZenSend URL. By the way, that URL has got a little typo in it, but... Everything starts with Zen Send. And it's like, oh, how do you do that? Why is that? Because, you know, that's not one of our domains. Anyway, pretty easy answer. It's the email primary domain. And so it's like, oh, okay, but how do I can't add one? Oh, I'm not an enterprise. And so, yeah, it's like, I've got a pro account. I actually can't even add another brand domain. It's like, ah, oh, right, of course. A bit of a reminder to me that I keep I keep forgetting these things. I just assume everyone's got the functionality and we've got ours, which I need to always remind uh, myself of. So, yeah, this is an enterprise thing. So how can you do this? Well, firstly, you need to have either CMS Enterprise or Marketing Enterprise, and then you need to add it as a new brand domain. So either you get a domain add-on or if you've got a additional business unit. And so that's quite expensive if that's all you wanted it for. So you might think, what's the ROI? Like, why would you do this anyway? I'll just mention why we did it, not 
suggesting this or even recommending it, but because we have multiple brands, you know, our Zensite, Zensola, and well, Hubshots, got these multiple brands. We just wanted to have an email sending domain that didn't match those brands, that was different. So that's why we did it and they all send from that. It'd be nice if we could set the email sending domain for each of the different brands, uh, but yeah, this is what we did. Just so that wasn't confusing. If you got a Hubshots email and it had Zen only, it might be confusing, but Zen send didn't relate. That's why we did it. Not recommending it. I'm just saying that's how we got to it. And uh, if you want to do similar, then yeah, another brand and then you can make it your email domain. All right. On to our thought of the week, Craig. HubSpot in the real world. This is kind of our tagline really for the show. And I wanted to remind listeners and viewers that we often use stuff that we've been working with recently with clients in the show. And so this is part of a question, but part of a statement. This is our approach. We kind of want to have that mix of real world implementation examples backed by a bit of conceptual theory. And I think HubSpot Academy is great at all the theory and the demo stuff, but we want to mix that with real world examples as well. So sometimes clients who I know subscribe to the show, they go, oh, actually, isn't that the example we chatted about a couple of weeks ago? And go, yeah, exactly. We use real world examples and with the goal that you learn from what we learn, especially if it's a mistake we make, learn from our mistakes. But if we can accelerate your learning, that's our goal. And, and I think that's a good idea. Hopefully everyone agrees that's a good idea. Surely. I would say so, Craig. <laughs> All right. Quote of the week, Craig. Always be a little kinder than necessary. I think that's a very good quote. Ties nicely to the shot one. All right, listeners. And if you're thinking about what training is good to do, HubSpot Workflow Deep Dive. And this is by Carl Jepson. And he has a deep dive into workflows. So if you're looking to automate, I think this is a must. All right, Craig. How can people get help from us? Well, we've chatted about this on the show, but we've got a few quick check calls lately. And just a reminder what we go through, it's really high level. We go through your whole portal and we give a bunch of recommendations to you. At the end, you get a slide deck, you'll have 40 or 50 slides. And then the final slide is just, here's the top three things we recommend. So what we're trying to do is give you a bit of a snapshot of where your portal's at, e.g. you've inherited it or you're new to the company. We give you that quick check perspective, but then don't want to overwhelm you with so many things. It's like, what are the top three? So that's what you get out of it. Check that out on our site and you can book in uh, easily. Or an alternative, which we haven't talked about here, is if you want an advisory session, you want to dive deep into a particular topic, you can choose that option as well. Perfect. Listeners, again, subscribe to the show notes and leave a comment if you're watching this on YouTube in the comments below. If you want to connect with us, you can connect with me on LinkedIn. I'd love to hear from you. And if you simply subscribe to the show notes and reply, Craig will get those replies because it comes from Craig. So until next week, Craig. Catch you later, Ian. Hey there, thanks for listening to this episode of HubShots. To get the latest show notes, HubSpot tips and marketing resources, sign up at hubshots.com. You can also book time with us to help you grow better with HubSpot.